Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Raw Podcast. This one is a little bit closer to home for some of the listeners, more recent. This is the memories of Brendan Gale, of his time of coming to Richmond, staying at Tigerland House, uh, Save Our Skins and all that, all the way up to uh, his position currently as the CEO of the Richmond Football Club. So here is the interview I conducted in 2012 with Brendan Gale. Brendan, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, Rick. Yeah, pleasure. You started with Richmond in 1990. Yep. But when did you actually come to the club? So I was drafted. I was drafted. Uh, would have been the November '87 draft. So my first year was was 88, 89. Two years in the reserves. 88, 89. Debuted at seniors in 1990. So was Dad actually co- yes, he coach was. at that yeah. stage? That yep. would have been one of his first sort of. Because he came late in '87, I think. Yes, he did. Look, he uh, he was um, he certainly was a senior. In fact, he flew down to Tasmania um, um, to I was drafted uh, number three. That that was the Richard Lounder draft. So he was drafted number three, which is it was pick 27. Um, we sort of come to an agreement with. Fitzroy that they were going to draft me at number three, and John, my brother, was playing there, but Richmond uh, had the earlier third pick by virtue they finished bottom of the ladder. So they pulled out my name, and um, so uh, off to the Tigers, but I mean, KB and Bruce Seymour, who's yep. the football manager, came over to um, to um, see me and, and basically sign me up, and, uh, and you know, sell the club, and I was a young kid, and Tassie always before getting, getting out of the game, the, the big city, I guess, in football, so it took, didn't take much convincing. And in fact, I had a friend uh, who was killed the night before, actually, in a car crash. So it was a pretty, uh, I remember being a pretty challenging morning. But uh, Sorry, this is the night before? The night before. Yeah. Well, in fact, it was the morning I woke up, I learned she'd been killed. Right. And I was meeting KB that morning in Fano. So a couple of weeks after the draft. So... Uh, I, uh, I I duly signed and uh, signed my life to Richmond, I guess, and um, packed up the HQ Holden and uh, put it on the ferry and over I came. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What so, happened to the HQ Holden? Um, no, in fact, I tell a lie because I, I, I flew, sorry, I flew because your dad picked me up at the airport. Right. So it must have been, it must have been before... Christmas, yeah, is that three or four weeks before Christmas so training? back and then. No, I, I, I flew over firstly because he picked me up. Yep. I'd been given a um, a farewell by some mates, um, you know, the night before, mm. and he picked me up and uh, um, at the airport. I remember it was just a stifling hot Melbourne November day, nor- hot northerlies. I remember this, there was cricket on. There was a one day international. Amazing thing you remember. Yeah, and and they drove. We drove past the MCG and. There was a house for the young kid, Tiger House. Tiger House. I was there for a few months, and yes. um, so they dropped me off, and uh, and then would have trained, then went back for Christmas, then packed up my car and came back to HQ. So, uh, Gee. Yeah. so it was the first time you met Dad when he met you at the airport, or no, he'd come to no, he'd come Tassie to uh, earlier. He'd come to Tassie sure. earlier to basically, uh, I guess, got around the countryside to sign yeah. up the, the draftees, and uh, and. Um, and uh, yeah, that was it. Did, yeah. did, was there a chance you, you would have gone to Fitzroy? Uh, well, if they had drafted beforehand, right. I, I would have, yeah. Because my brother was there, he just, just, he'd, he'd been there a couple of years, he just established himself, I guess, as a regular senior player. And I'd spoken to um, 
um, David Parkin and Arthur Wilson the night before the draft. I mean, the draft was nothing like. <laughs> I remember being. I remember um, being uh, like I had, had a year. I I deferred from uni for a year. I'd gone to sort of Hobart for uni for a year. Deferred. Yeah. Just had enough to study. It was just to play football. Right. And that was with Bernie in their first year in the new statewide league. After that year, on the basis of that year, I was actually drafted. And, right. And. Um, I think Tony Jewell had been out a couple of times to see a few games. And, but uh, but it was not, I remember the old man rang me and said, oh, you've you've been drafted. I just heard in the radio or carry a pigeon or something. I can't remember. But, but it was... Uh, a local butcher. It was very unceremonial. And uh, I said, oh, that's good. And he said, but you've been drafted to Richmond. And I was a bit disappointed at first. And, and, um, and I remember my old man saying... Because I'm a bit flat. I was looking at John, the brother, and he said... Because his father... Played, played with the Tigers, played about five games for the 20s. This is Jack? Jack, yeah, yeah just, came over, just, just uh, came over years ago and, and had a bit of a taste of it. But, but he said, uh, he said, oh, yeah, Richard. I remember him saying, well, it wasn't a, he wasn't smacking down Fitzroy, but he said, you know, you, you go to the Tigers, at least you get an opportunity to play, play in grand finals and premierships. And how prophetic that was. <laughs> because it was only a couple of years earlier, though, you know, to keep watching premierships and well, maybe two though in the grand final. Yeah. So that's five years earlier. So, um, so apart from that, there was no hesitation. I couldn't. Great club and great history and really strong connection with Tasmania as well. In fact, one of our, ne- our next door neighbour was the great Ray Stokes. Yes, I've interviewed Ray. Yeah, so I think, I think he might still be alive, Ray. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw him at Christmas. He's like Tasmanian sporting royalty, yeah. and cricket and football. And so it took no convincing. Uh, that's when I first met KB and Bruce and. Um, Hopped in a pre-season training and went back Christmas and brought the HQ over, mate. Um, what What do you know about your father's football career? Um, look, I, I um, sadly not as much as I I would like. I mean, I, I sorry, has your father passed on? Yes, he has. Yeah, yeah. Okay. my my parents divorced when I was about twelve, um, twelve thirteen. So. I guess at that age where you have a bit of a yearning for knowledge and information, yeah, and plus when you get older and um, establish your... The old man sort of wasn't around that much. We right. eight kids live with mum. So, um, so, but uh, but I'd see I'd see dad and obviously kept in touch and but almost at the at the um, the stage where um, and I think you, I think you probably judge the old man a bit hard, you know. You sort of you, you mark your parents hard a bit. Not that the old man left home and. Sort of, um, um, I feel a, a bit let down. But you know, with 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 as you become older, you become wiser and you understand better human nature and how things work. And you, you know, you brought us you know great start in life, great family, and educated. Oh, so at the time when I started to look forward, I sort of rebuilding those sorts of bridges. You know, as I started my own family, he died so quite suddenly. He got prostate cancer. So, but he, he was in. Um, he was in palliative care. I swear he was going to walk back out. He was just there for so long, um, and he seemed to be improving. And uh, so I spent a lot of time just there talking. Oh, basically, it's the end of my football career, so I had the time. I went back home for a right. couple of months, and so I talked about his career, and and so we took a lot of notes. And you know, that's why I reckon this stuff you do is just great. You know, yeah. just capture all that history and players and Morris. And so it was important, isn't it? Oh, Especially. It is, Especially, I know I was getting talking, yeah. especially in 10 years' time yeah. or 20 years' yeah. time when 
you know, a lot of the players, sorry, a lot of the early players in that book have now sadly passed away. Yeah. So Deb was a, uh, he was a, look, he's a fine Tasmanian footballer. Um, you know, he's a, back in the days when Tasmanian football was very strong and would, um, you know, regularly knock off the, the big states in the old Carnival Series, South Australia, WA, Victoria once. You know, they're quite very, very regular. I mean, they're quite a strong competition in Baldock and um, some great names from those times. And um, he... He was, he was recruited to South Melbourne. Right. Um, he played two years with, uh, with Wynyard at the NWFU. He was recruited to South Melbourne. He, he um, lived with Freddie Goldsmith um, for a while, and uh, he trained with South Melbourne, but you had to have three completed seasons in, in the TFL before you'd be cleared. And now there was... Often they make exceptions in special circumstances, mm. but he hadn't he completed two years. And there's some sort of clearance wrangle between South Melbourne and Ron Clegg, right. clearing him to Tassie. I don't think the VFL or VFL clear him. So there's a bit of a, he was caught in a bit of a, a yeah. spat. So he was waiting um, the outcome of his clearance. And, um, and uh, so he played in the, he played, uh, in the Federal League oh, right. for a few months under an alias. And, um, Do you know what his alias was? I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. He worked, worked in the fire brigade with Fred Goldsmith. The clearance didn't come through. He said, look, you know, I've got to get back to the farm with my dad, big dairy crop farm. Yeah. And um, so he went back. And um, I think the year he went back, he played, he was All-Australian that year. That was 58. So by all accounts, like, he was a fine Tasmanian player. He was pretty powerful, pretty straight at hard at it. Right. Probably more like more Michael, you know, like a, a Collingwood six-footer type. Mm-hmm. Very strong and powerful. But whether he would have made the league, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Did you know your grandfather? Yes, yeah. I did. Did yeah. Jack talk about Richmond? In Look, I was in year two when he died, right. so no. I remember him being a very quiet man. Very, very quiet. Um, and uh, he was a... Um, like I remember him being around the farm, helping milk the cows in the morning. And uh, as we'd all do, uh, I remember him being a, a horse breaker and a fine boxer. Really? Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, he's probably sort of more, you know, built like my father type that size, more like height that comes from the mother's side of the family. So, right. look, he's a fine boxer in, insofar as just local sure. Tasmania boxing and stuff yeah. like that. So... Um, he so played a handful of games. He played about him. yeah. Look, he played about I think about five or six games. Ironically, um, he won the number twenty five. I was quite haunted when I when I found that out a couple of years after I'd been given the number. Right. I was given the number because that's the number I wore with Bernie. Did you ask for that number? Well, they or said that... these numbers are available. You yeah. know, we tend to give the recruits the higher numbers, and I said twenty five, and they said, well, you should remember that's the curse number <laughs> because. I think there are a few guys, Eric Leach, and you know, break his leg walking down the race, and then Satori, and they just couldn't get get those guys out in the track. So I said I'll give it a go, and I had two groin operations and appendectomy in the first two years, so it wasn't looking good. But uh, then Bill Meeple, a couple of years come later, he said, look, I've done some some uh, research, and you wouldn't believe your grandfather was number 25. So, but he came over then. They had the farm, and yeah. I guess. I guess VFL wasn't the bill in all back then, you know, guys had... No. Country. Country, you know, even, yeah. Even country football was more important, made more as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, life back at the country <coughs> was probably a bit more 
at, in the heart. I yeah. Think. Um, can you give the readers of, of, of this um, chapter an idea as to how financially in trouble the club was when you came? Is there some visuals or some examples you yeah, can sort of say, you wouldn't believe how bad off this club was when we came. I mean, Dad tells a story there was no punching ball yeah. or hooks or whatever it is. What, what, what sort of sticks in your mind, considering you were quite a young kid as well? Yeah, I mean, look, at, uh, uh, you know, when you're young, you have simple needs. We have no needs. I mean, you just want to come play for it. It's great thing to and, and it's, you know, it was a step up from Burnley Football Club, let me assure you. But, um, look, I remember... Um, I remember, uh, I, look, I remember the AGM where the club was uh, announced it was 1.7 million that's right. in death. And I think that's what Dad found out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, I remember, I remember that and thinking, well, yeah, what does that all mean yep. in the scheme of things? And, and then as soon as sort of found out what it all meant, so I remember the you know, the collective effort behind that was quite was quite, you know, you know, shaking cans around and. Um, but look, I remember. Uh, it's hard. Look, my observations wouldn't be that reliable because, as I said, my needs were so simple. You didn't. Mm. You just turn up and you play. And and in those early years, I wasn't playing seniors. I was playing the reserves. Right. You know, when I wasn't injured, and um, I debuted in 1990. You know, I think that I think the effort of people, you know, really resonated. You know, just the collective effort. I'll never forget the big day at the MCG and old Jack Doc, you know, you probably would have been there, I remember. Yeah, so does Skins Rally. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because... I remember how I'm, I mean, I look back, um, I mean, look, but it's with hindsight you look back how unprofessional. I mean, even the reserves, I was a young 18-year-old kid and you finish your game reserves and how to come, you'd have a can and a couple of cans and a meat pie. There's a pie one that boys would complain if the pies were cold and... I thought that was sort of a little bit odd. <laughs> you know, and then, and then head up to a bar. Sort of, um, you know, the reserves have finished your showered up and you know, thought you'd just go and sit and watch the ones. And the, most of the guys would be up at the bar, you know, so. Plus, we had, we had pizzas delivered on training night by Frankie Dibbett. Frankie Dibbett, yeah. You know, you'll just give people. Dad would sometimes say to me that if, if, as an outsider, you walked into the club around this stage, mm. you wouldn't have known the dire that the club was in because yeah. everyone was still upbeat everyone was still we were young Red you know? yeah the players were still yeah. maybe not even fully aware of what was yeah. even going on behind the scenes and I, and I had nothing to compare it against because I didn't know yeah. what the, the environment of you know, Melbourne Football Club or Collingwood Football Club and I reckon if you went to Victoria Park mm. well, like back in the early 90s but the facilities probably weren't that I remember the, just the ground I remember yeah like, oh yeah. just the conditions you know just because that's the 19s had trained, the reserves, the seniors, and I remember just the state of the ground. I remember you know, really bad groins, and it just, ex- mm. you know, I didn't know what the hell was wrong, but I was just excruciating and just, just plowing through mud. And, and of course, we we're playing here at times as well, so. Yeah, sure. And then sometimes we, sometimes it was so bad we wouldn't even train here. Yeah. And I remember we trained at Monash, I think. Yeah, we well, did a pre season at Monash. That's I remember right. we did. That's the other thing. I don't think I've trained as hard in my life. As those times. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because because you do it all at once. There wasn't any science behind your training. I remember come come to Tassie. I wasn't used to heat. The training hot, gnarly days. You know, yeah. it was 35, yeah. 36. I remember um, 
you know, you'd, you'd get out, you'd start at five, you know, so you'd make people working, you'd, you'd do your hour and a half, two hours of skills, then you'd do your running, your repetition, interval running, then you'd do your weights, you'd be back at Tiger House at 10 o'clock. I mean, they're just gruelling sessions, you know, two or three times a week. And yeah. now, now I train pre-season, they might be doing 20, 25 sessions a week, but very focused, very precise. Specific, yeah. Very, um, everything complements something else, mm. so... And then there were those. Pra- I remember we had pra- there were practice matches at Skinner's Reserve. Skinner's Reserve. You know, yeah. I mean, and it was hot, there were hot yeah, days windy, as well. Yeah. I mean, and windy the ground. Yeah. You know, you would just sweep across. Yeah. And everything just it was just so against you almost in the yeah. sense, just the, the environment, etc. Yeah. Something something that I remember doing it. We used to do two tan time trials. I remember cr- crossing the um, the footbridge in Nilex Towers 41. I remember doing that, and it wasn't so bad because because you used, at least you knew. Yeah, you know, it was under shade a lot of the time as well. Sometimes the fumes on Alexander Parade when you come around that corner. <laughs> but um, but though, look, I remember that my first couple of years being pretty tough because my the training was hard. It was like a re- you know it was it's it's a very confronting environment and coming from Tassie here, my body gave way. So I, I looking back, I had OP. That's what I had. My core strength, I didn't have the. And so, um, but. Um, you know, you just found a way to sort of, you know, when I played, I was actually going all right in the twos, but you just found a way to persevere and hopefully if you kept the work up, the luck would, luck would turn. And uh, Dad, as a, as a coach, I, I think every now and then he would bring in like a special guest to speak to the, the group. Does any, yeah. he, he told me once, I don't know if you were here, that he brought in a guy called Ron Blaskett and a Jerry Chandler. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you there that night? Yeah, no, no, no. He, like I remember Jack Dyer. So he brought Jack in to do a, to do a bit of a speech? It, yeah, I do. He brought Jack Dyer. It's the first time I'd ever seen Jack Dyer live. And you thought, oh, he's like godlike. You know, it was like, and he came in and um, and uh, and I was waiting for some profound. <laughs> div- yeah, divine. <laughs> I was, I was waiting know, for something. You know, this is, up to this, yeah. yeah, we're playing Collingwood at Victoria Park. Yeah. And it just turned into a 20 minute routine on I ate Collingwood jokes. I won't even read a newspaper with black and white all Like, it was still funny. But, um, but that's it what was it was. It was a sportsman's night speech. That's, it was. Yeah. It was. But the boys lapped it up with Jack Dyer, you know, yeah. working out of his hand. I remember Lindsay Gaze. Lindsay Gaze was really oh, impressive. Um, but Ron Glasgow, um You were there for that? Yes, I was. I was. Um, in fact, we're talking about it. A game we we played it we played uh, Carlton last year second time when they smacked us because I'd never really spoken to your old man about those times you know I never really just about because now I can now I have perspective yeah and now I can understand sort of how how difficult how difficult it can be almost mm. so he's sharing stories and I was just being myself. Just hoping the camera wasn't on me. I was, just, <laughs> I was laughing. But he told me that story, and I remembered it. The story was he had Ron and Jerry, yeah. and I don't know who it was who, but they had a sort of a blue type routine. That's right. And uh, he, he, it, was, it was a Sunday morning. Wow. So they get rid of the old police on Sunday morning, but they, yeah. had, they had two or three years where they get the trainers in, some chicken and some mm-hmm. snags, and have a couple of beers. And, and so he would try and light it up. But he said, uh, Ron and Jerry and, and the puppets turned around and said to the uh, Ron, he said, um, geez, Ron, where am I? And he said, well, 
Well, he said today, mate, this morning, you are at the Richmond Football Club, mate. Punt right over the home of some of the greatest legends that the game has ever seen, some of the greatest teams, the mighty Richmond. He's looked around, he's gone screwed. He said, get me fucking out of here. So like that, and it was just cracking the boys up, I remember, because it was pretty damn right. I think Dad told me that the puppet turned to Peter Wilson and asked Peter a question said, you know, who are you? And he goes, I'm Peter Wilson. And the puppet just turned back and said, he knows he's talking to a dummy, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, as if to say, serious? What are these guys <laughs> yeah, all yeah, you know? yeah. But no, the whole intent is just to break the ice. Yeah. completely different. I mean, we look at it now and you laugh, but I'd have to... At the time, I would have just thought on people's faces there was probably this just look of bewilderment or bemusement as if to say... We've got a, a puppet speaking to us. Yeah, oh, look, I recall it being very funny. And, <laughs> I, and I recall he hopped in, I remember, I think he hopped into David Honeybun as well. So he done his homework. Because <laughs> Honeybun was fair game, you know, so <laughs> so uh, everyone liked hopping into Dave. But mate, they were, they were, um, they, uh, you know, I can't, I can't recall being, um, you, know, I'd, you know, it was tough. Mm. We were boy, we were young, lots of kids, we were, you know. Uh, did you and we yeah, we won a handful of games and that's true. Yeah. Did you drive down to Geelong with David Honeybum? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, were you the designated driver? Well, I was. He had a terrible back. He's a yeah, very brave right. player, David. Um, he's an unusual fella, very eccentric, which is why we all loved him, you know. And uh, um, but he was a terrific mark, and he's a brave player, and he had a lot of pride. And uh, his back was just rooted. Just terrible. I mean, there's nothing you can say about that. And so he found sitting for long periods really difficult yeah. on plane travel. And so, um, yeah, but it was, I reckon it was Alan Jones. I reckon it was, it was I think it was, it might have been uh, a little later when he said, Take, can you take the bun? Because he used to call him the bun. And you can't lay him down. And I thought, I'm happy to do that, but I don't think, you just will not stop talking, Dave Honeybun. So I reckon I picked him up here, we set off for Geelong, and by the time we got to the art centre, you know, the old bench seat at the front, I reckon he was over like this, standing over talking just in my ear the entire trip, just about whatever. Well, what were you driving, a van or something? No, no, I was driving the whole... Oh, you were driving the whole yeah. Could he... So he'd laid down the, laid down the oh, thing at the back, back. Yep, yeah. Yep. And he fitted in perfectly, just yeah, laying down? Probably, yeah, well, I mean, for the five minutes he lied there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, just a few more questions because I know you're very good. That's all right, mate. Your first game was in Carrara? Yes, it was. Other people debuted that day, I yep, think, too. Yep, four of us. Who, do you remember who? Yep, Chris Nash, yep. Sean Bowden, Stephen Ryan, oh, right. and myself. Was there a brawl? Yes. Yes, there was. Do you know yes, what started it? Uh, I think it was Roger Merritt. No. Uh, and the... Um, and... Uh, um, it was about five minutes into the second quarter, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember Hoggy came off. He'd opened up Hoggy, and uh, the for call come down and said, "You're on." Was it? Did you participate in the brawl? Uh, no, I certainly did not. No, I think the 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 the, um, the brawl would, but I think Jesus Christ, Roger Merritt. I didn't play. I went to centre forward. I think. Well, I think Roger was playing centre back. Right. But um, I think Pres Nixon was involved in that time in the brawl. I think he... Yeah. He might have... Uh, I can't recall. ...thrown a few haymakers yeah, or oh, you wouldn't, whatever. wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> he was hard. Wasn't he? Yeah, I remember it. Like I played a bit of reserves footy with, with Prez. He was yeah. a hard, hard man. Just old-fashioned. He would have been a... Well, he was a pretty bush football because he went to Warner Ball, but he just loved, loved violence. And 
<laughs> so when you when you your first few games was in what position? Centre forward. What other positions did you play in the first few years? Centre forward. That was it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And oh, look, I played. I played, but a bit of um, you know, a full forward. We had Hoggy down there, but but played pretty much centre forward. And but then sometimes, strangely, Dad would put Hoggy at full back. Yeah, he did. It was well. <laughs> Not strangely, I mean, you we, know, had, we had to put someone on Adler. Didn't have too many options, did we? It was either Anthony Bannock on Adler or yeah. or Jeff Helg, and Anthony yeah. was about seventeen years of age. Yeah, so there's a bit of difficulty there. Yeah, so now look, I think uh, I think you said, look, you know, we've sent our forward as a a pretty important position, and we've said we're going to just play there. We're just going to put games, and yeah. that's that's it. So, mate, you, you had some good days, we had some hard days, and but we're just going to. You know, we, I mean, you could do that back then a bit, you know. Whereas, um, but having said that, you should have had your two years in the twos, even though I was injured a lot. So, yep. and that was almost obligatory too. You do your time, yep. and, and so, um, so uh, I think when um, Alan Jeans came on board, I went down back a couple couple of times, and yeah, and then Richo came, and so it's pretty much sent our forward until. Almost until, uh, um, well, pretty much when, until Justin Charles got himself in stride. Right, okay. And instead of that, really said, we well, you know, have to play in the ruck, and probably come to a good time, actually. And was the ruck okay for you? Yeah, look, it was good. It was good, because what, what it, look, I reckon, I was very much a mark kick, you know, I was a mark kick forward, and, uh, and, um, you could kick well on both feet too. Oh, I was okay. I people bag my kicking. I wasn't too bad. No, I wasn't yeah. bag your kicking. I missed a shot in the goal, in the top of the goal square at at, um, at uh, Princess Park one day, and uh, it was a shock and miss. It was just a you know, blackout. But uh, people, for some reason, think I was a terrible kick goal. No. But I, mean, I was reasonably no. reasonably reliable. How many goals did you kick? Oh, you were getting kicked over two forty or something. Yeah. My last year kicked about eighty. You've got 87, 88 percent. Hmm. No, no, yeah, I'll, I'll say that, you were They were off in the goal square. <laughs> but, um, but the ruck was good because, yeah, it was a very much a mark kick um, um, forward. And so I didn't have too many strings to my bow. So once once opposition started a flood, and basically the flood was invented against us. Rodney Ede rolled out the flood in 1996. Mm-hmm. So it's myself, Richo, Stuart Edwards, some other big guys out of Waverley. Right. In Lockett's first year, because mate, us in '94, '95, he started really emerging. So I would get the ball, kick long, mm-hmm. mark, bring to the ground, crumb. Pretty simple. But um, but yeah, once I started a flood defence, I didn't have the speed or power to sort of get off your man and get out and and um, and, and develop strings, other ways to find the footy. So so the ruck allowed me to sort of um, go in and um, use my, my use my athleticism, which compared to other ruckmen mm-hmm. was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Get around the ground, get forward, get back. Um, the first couple of years, you know, you compete, centre bounces that, but when you start to get bashed around a bit, so uh, look, I, it was it's the opp- good opportunity to stay involved in play, to fo- you'd be a follow, follow the ball, yeah. to influence outcomes, and um, and it made I reckon it added a couple of years to my career at least, no doubt. So I was fortunate. And, and when you played seniors, yeah, I, I, you played a lot of consecutive games. Well, almost without missing one or two games, certainly in your first year. Like I think your first year. You well, my first year I played 22 games straight. Yeah. I played all of them. So injuries were gone at that stage for you. They were, yeah. I was still getting sore, but still building strength and 
around the grids. But yeah, but it made 22 games. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have certainly um, deserved to play 22, but that was he was going to play. So the first couple of years, I reckon I missed two or three games. Yeah. Did you ever suffer any more injuries, major injuries, before the end of your career? Mm, I had... Um, look, I got a bad uh, fracture. I think it was the last game of 1994. Um, second last game, which we had to win to make the finals. But um, I got a bad fracture of the cheekbone and, and jaw. And uh, I got a... Um, I, look, I just... I, I had a crook shoulder, which... which I didn't have bad injuries that kept me out of a lot of games. Right. Um, and uh, and I, I, I that I'm okay, you know. That's good. Yeah. So no big knee injuries. Yeah. So I, I was a pretty keen surfer. Yes. Well, with Alan McCullough, was he surfing at the time? Yeah, well? he was at the time. But um, but all my life I've been surfing. And I reckon I reckon that maybe, you know, touch wood, the strength and proprioception of your knees and... Yeah. You know, I think it might have helped. I was always in the salt water after games mm. and stuff. So, well, I, I remember just a few more questions. Yeah, I, I remember sitting at home one day and you were there and Dad was there and your brother was there. Yeah. And he was trying to get yeah. Michael to come to Richmond. Yeah, that's right. How old you been? Well, I was born in seventy nine. So it would have been ninety. It would have been. Um, it would have been ninety one. So I'm twelve or so. Would have been midway or the end of ninety one. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, strange that I remember it. Yeah. I did, well, maybe because I didn't see that many footballers in the house at this stage. But I remember you sitting on the, at the kitchen table, and I think he was trying to get yeah. him across, but he, was, I don't, he wasn't successful. No. Look, and you obviously would have loved, at that stage, to have Michael across. Yeah, look... look or yeah. you let Michael do his own. No, yeah. look, no. Look, I, I think in hindsight, look, I was blessed, and I'm really grateful to the club, because it ended up happening. But I think it was important that you're allowed to go off and establish your own careers because we're different people. And mm. As much as we're brothers and share many things, we're different people. And, and you know, um, So, yeah, we remember the, just the, the whole merry-go-round with Fitzroy. You know, they're, you know, they're going, they're broke, they're mm-hmm. not, they're back. They're, I think a lot of the players were sort of frustrated and, um, but, you know, they held on because they were loyal to the cause, I guess. But I think Michael was looking at some options and... And uh, you know he's a good player. He's a good yeah. solid player, big bodied, strong. And, and I remember there's there was a uh, game that year in '91. We played at uh, Princess Park, and there was an old occasion, Purdy smash flea or something. Or it's a bit of a brawl. I remember that reason. Michael killed us that day. He just mm. played half that wing just. So sometimes that stands out as a coach, yeah. opposing coach. So, so I guess KB had a, had a look at it and it didn't didn't eventuate, no. but um, it did three years later. Yes, ninety four. Do you remember how how you found out that Dad was no longer a coach? You might have found out before him. You never know. No. Because no, you know he was gone no. and he never came back. So. Yeah, I, I think it'd be just mate, me at my level would be just the news. I reckon. I mean, Alan James came in. Yeah, the next yes, coach, did, I think. Yeah. But Alan was only around for about a year or two. Yeah, 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 he's ruled out. Very yeah. old school coaching, Alan? Uh, he's ruled out medically. Because he had an aneurysm. That's correct, yeah. And I think... Um, You're right. I think the rig is impressed as footy. Mm. Instead of came back and affected his judgment and a few things. So I remember the coaches, Chris Bradshaw, said, look, 
I don't think you should subject yourself to this. So, well, he was a fair age for a coach, yeah, I was. think, at the time. Yeah, too. yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So he was one year. Yeah. And um, then after Alan, you had Northy. Right. Mm. So who 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 um, impressed is not the right word. Who left a, a mark on you more? I'm sure they all did in some capacity. Yeah, they do, mate. Yeah, um, they do. You know, Northy was your coach for longest. It's funny. I, I reckon um, I used to love. It was important for me to play for the coach, and um, right. and to, to. And I think that might have something to do with the fact that um, the old man left home. I, I think you know, it's part of me that yearned for that close connection and mm-hmm. and guidance. Sure. Um. And in part, you know, it's just how I was brought up, you know, authority and respect. Authority. So, um, you know, I, 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 I recall um, the thing I remember, and so long ago, and you're so young, you suck up everything back then. But the thing I remember about Kevin was um, was how positive he was, how, and so how, you know, just when you're being challenged and, you know, no matter what you do, it's so important to carry yourself in a positive way, and particularly when you're in a prominent leadership position. And mate, like I said, I didn't dwell on things too much back then, and, mm. but I imagine he would have, mm. and I imagine he would have, and I imagine the people around the position of leadership would have. They were tough times, you know. They must have been tough times, awful times, particularly when they come from a the background where success is almost assured. You know, and they must have been really tough. So. But I remember, in fact, yeah, this, he, he, he came up with this, um, um, this uh, phrase of moral victors. Moral? Moral victors. Moral victors. Moral victors. Right. And I remember a few occasions we'd, we'd get the, you know, the videotape out on the V8 or the V8 or whatever it was back then. We'd go through the game the weekend on Monday. And I remember we'd be beaten by 45 points or 50 points, you know, which is flogging or even more. Hmm. But I just remember going through, you know, if you had done this, you had executed here, or we had got this free kick went against us, or we were stiff, or we had got off to a good start and put scoreboard pressure on, they wouldn't have scored. You come up with 10 different explanations, and all of a sudden, but I remember him coming out in summary one particular day saying, in fact, you know, we're stiffed. We're stiff not to, not to win. You might even say we're moral victors. So he's, turn, he's turned it like a, a regulation 50 or 60 point beating into a, yeah. an opportunity lost. Yeah. But young, you, mm. you believe it. Yeah. So fuck, you know. Yeah. And so what do you do? You get back on the bike and away you go again. Yeah. And we're going to get him next time. You're going to get him yeah. next time. And we're that close. So I remember, I remember him being very, very positive. Um, uh, um, yeah, I think Alan Jeans, I remember, as being, you know, very, you know, he came from obviously huge success, being very organised and right. having um, just his philosophies and, and um, you know, Swooper was, uh, I remember John for being, um, he'd never, he's just all about team, he's ruthless about team, he'd never appraise team performances in terms of individual, he'd never you never refer to individuals. You'd never right. say rep great game or put players there. You might say need a lift or something, but it's always about the team. Right. Okay. Um, and I think we played. We played a bit like that. Yeah, but we're, we're, there are a core group of guys coming through. You know, okay. Just great, developing. And was did you have any other coaches? Or was Northy? Yeah. No, I had Northy. I had. Uh, mate, <laughs> when we started, we had. Uh, 
we had Rob Walsh, um, we had uh, Jeff Keeshan, and had Danny Frawley. Well, uh, speaking to Joel Belden for the book, he remembered Robert Walls right on the board, uh, QLD. I don't come from Queensland, quick, quick, long and direct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the thing that stuck in his mind yeah. that he remembered. Quick long direct. I remember, Keeshan, right? oh, I remember Walls here gave some of the, um, I think I mentioned right at the start, some of the great, um, great, uh, I've had a lot of respect for Robert. Because I think he's really, he was hard, but he's honest. I mean, he's, he's never wrong. And that's you, you, a stage in your career when you do look at things a little more critically. And mm -hmm. but, but he was never wrong. He was always right. Yeah. And um, and uh, he, he he would speak and never put leave a word out of place. So that those words had maximum effect and impact. Right. Um. But uh, I remember him being under. Incredible pressure because we played finished third the year before and yeah. a bizarre set of circumstances and all the leaves and also got a new coach and that's right yeah it all happened that night it all know, happened didn't it here and, at the club and uh, I, th I think um, you know I don't think it went we didn't perform at the level we would have we improved the level we would have anticipated so I think he wore a lot of huge amount of pressure yeah and vitriol and I really um, I remember the uh, I guess the, the the dignified way he carried himself. You know, under that pressure. Mm. I remember that. Um, so after awards, you had, did you say you had Geeshan? Geeshan, yeah. So were you there the day the scoreboard caught fire? Yes, it was. Which I think was Jeff's last game as coach. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think, do you remember, Was were you, you were probably in the rooms at the time, weren't you? Yeah. But then they, I don't think, I don't think the game started on time, did it? No, we went out to do the warm up. Yeah. <laughs> it was on fire. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I might have in the Players Association shop steward or delegate or someone said, what do we do here? So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just keep away from that's it. Right. Come that's down the punt road in. That's, that's not in the book. But then there was, then there was um, there's quite um, the fumes. And, yeah. And I thought, oh, maybe this is a bit of a... So, we just... The, someone said we went back inside. Gone. Got the fire extinguishers out there. One of the strangest moments on the field. Um, I'll, I know I've said this a few times, but I literally only have a couple of questions. That's all right, mate. You don't have my lunch. It's, 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 I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's alright. We'll get a banana. I don't normally have lunch. Oh, sorry. Um, what is there a game, one or two games that stand out in your mind that you played in that you know you, you cherish or you 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 think back with great fondness, whether it be a, a game when you first started or maybe a, one of the first finals that you played in. You know, when you think back in just in quiet times, do you think back? Is there a particular sort of... Yeah, I think so. I think finals. Because there haven't been that many. I'm well, you were... Six finals. You were there in the drought-breaking final. Did you play... five. Yeah, I remember the first final we played. It was a night game against North Melbourne. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, Which we lost. We just lost, yeah. Kerry got older for about 10 minutes. And we beat them throughout the year. And um, so, look, I remember just the... I remember the... the we played Essen the next week. You know, uh the cutthroat and it was the second set we had to win I remember I played the first North Melbourne game I played okay kicked a few goals and we lost mm. um, I remember uh, I remember the second finals against Essendon I had to win or to win that was just amazing mm. it was um, come from the Irons 6-7 Nash yeah. Daffy Maxfield just us little blokes and Knights kept us in the game to start so I remember that I, I just I remember the the um, just the deafening. I remember the def deafening. Um, um, uh, I still get a little goosebumps um, when we hit the front. 
This is against Essendon? Yeah. At the MCG? Yeah, there's fucking 90,000 people there. Some of that is that where Night City's run? Yeah. Yep. So he kicked through in the first half and kept mm-hmm. us in it. It was really basically... Um, uh, uh, what else? Scotty Turner knocked out. Gotcha. Scotty Turner went forward. I went back. Um, Matty Rogers. Um, retired Bomber Thompson, I think, finished him off that day. But, um, Still a great game to watch, actually. Yeah. So... Uh, so that I mean, winning finals, winning finals are great. I, mean, I remember the, I remember um, 2001, second Simeon's Carlton, another big crowd. Um, yes. Huge game. Sure. More enemies. I mean, they just, yeah, they're very. I mean, it's, to get that far, I mean, you don't get the ultimate, the ultimate mm. success, I guess. But winning finals is. Big. I remember when you State of Origin game, Tassie against the Vicks. Oh, where was that? That was in Hobart, 1990. Wow. The last Tasmanian team to to beat Victoria. My yeah. father played in Stuart Spencer and Bulldog, and and they, they had a parade of those guys before the game. And then you then we you out, then added to that yeah. as the, the most recent team. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. So they, the Tasmanian boys always had a strong bond, and was, I remember being really I remember being really saddened um, with Fitzroy's last game in Melbourne. You playing that day? Yeah, it was 96. We smashed them. We were about 50 points or something. So, but you could see they'd given up. They just lost the wheel to continue to complete their club. There was no reason. It wasn't the last week. They were playing Fremantle That's next correct, week. Yeah. But I remember uh, we gave them a guard of honour off and they were their former players. I remember da- I remember being quite... Well, not affected. I wouldn't say affected. We just, uh, I found that quite moving. Mm. Yeah. The, the end of the footy club, really. And plus, I had a bit of a connection from my brother. What was your last game? It was the 2001 preliminary final. It was, yeah. Yeah. So we were very close to the grand final. That was against... Well, well, we, we played... We played Brisbane early in the year mm-hmm. at the G. We beat them comfortably. Yeah, we were a pretty good side that year. Um, we played them up there, you know, back half of the year. We gave them a six-goal start in a warm day. A warm day got back to within three points, I think, you know, early in the last quarter, and they pulled away. So I felt, you know, I just felt confident we were going to win that game, that prelim. I felt if we got off to a good start, and was and it I a night game? It was a night game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wasn't and it? I just it was the it was the answer strikes. I remember buses were going up and charter planes. And, oh right. And uh, but mate, they just their, their midfield just got hold of us, and and um, and I remember walking off the ground thinking. Because we'd beaten Essendon only a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah. Thinking they're uh, they're not going to lose. Yeah. They're jo- not going to lose. Joel Bowden said the same thing. He said, we've got to remember, you know, we were beaten by a team who was yeah. probably the best team of that decade. Yeah. yeah. I, I just got a sense of these guys going to win it. Yeah. They were just, they had an incredible vein of form, rich vein of form and forms. Yeah. How many games did you end up with? 244. You were close to 250. Was yeah, that MRA carrot? No, no, I was lucky to get a 244 red. I think the opportunity to play in the ruck. Um, and, and plus the, the, the improvement of the way players were managed. Hmm. Um, you know, it allowed me to get probably a few more than I, I might have otherwise expected. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, I played. I, was, I didn't. I was still I was a pretty solid contributor, you know, still kicking, you know, playing ruck, Ottens, sharing duty the Ottens, kicking goals, you yeah. know, and. So, um, but I think absolutely that was the time was right. 
if I'd have gone on, I might end up at Coburg, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. oh. And in your role here, yep. did you... Was leadership a thing for you whilst you were playing? Look, I didn't... I didn't you know, can you, can, you, can you connect? Yeah, look, I didn't... I didn't... Look, I always, I always saw myself as a leader. Right. Um, it's just something I've always sort of... Um, felt comfortable being in my in my life, you know, and if you look through different it's just um you know, I certainly wasn't always the best player. Um but um but oh look I, I it's sat comfortably. I, I it felt it come normally and probably ended up probably why I end up with the players association. It's mm. like the there's the delegate organising and then sort of it's not something I, I, I um I coveted or sought to right to go on a chip, but it just sort of happened that way. And right. um, but I think I think um, I think in the early nineties there, you know, we we had um, we a core bloke group had come through and free and Knights and Campbell mm-hmm. and you know, Miss Lambert and um, um, you know, later Richardson, I guess. And, and I just think we'd had a gutful. It was it was time to. I think when we arrived, we weren't blessed with with leadership. You know, I think that, that it was almost like there's a whole generation lost. Mm. Um, um, you know, I think when I arrived, Roach was on his last legs. Yeah. You know, Juno was on his last legs. Flea was the captain. Um, so, so it, we just felt as though it was our turn to step up and really, you know, and, and put our imprint on. You know. And and so there's a real strong emergence through '94, '95, and that we didn't hang on to it, you know, they sort of wasted years post-95. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so mate, I, I certainly never thought, I never looked forward saying, oh gee, one day I'm going to come back and be the CEO. I never in my wildest dreams thought that'd be the case. In fact, when I retired from football um, and went to the law, I worked in a particular part of the law that almost required me as a um, um, as a matter of firm policy to go to Hong Kong, to go to... right. You know, it's a very financial related, you know, banking law. So I was looking forward to having a life away from Melbourne, away from football, yeah. to work in another culture, to maybe bring up a family at refuse and and so it's sort of <laughs> Look at that. So, you're out. For you. yeah. so so I did that for a few years but I was spectacularly unsuccessful and uh, ended up back at the players association and and even even when I was at the PA, yes I was back in football, but I never saw myself going back to a club. So do you sometimes do you sometimes just think back and catch yourself just wondering how the journey got you here? Um, yeah. I mean, you've got this great view of the Punt Road Oval. Yeah. In Richmond, do you just sort of in quiet times just reflect back and think about what this club was when you first started, or are you not a kind of person who's reflective in that sense? Oh, no, I think I think you've got a responsibility to leave the club. Look, I was proud of the fact that when I left the club. It finished third. It lost at Plymouth. I mean, when I arrived, it was yeah, stone motherless. One point yeah. seven million in it, shaking cans. That's right. That's a good. Yeah. And, I, and I was proud of the, of the very small role, very small role I played in in getting the club to where mm-hmm. to where it was. But but there's part of me that feels a sense of emptiness. And I think when I look back and the different steps, the decisions, and I love the club. You know, I love the club and. You know, I love the people involved with the club, um, but there's a sen- sense of emptiness, um, 
and uh, and I think I share with a lot of people around here. And I think it'll be, you know, I think it's a, you know, I guess when I was, I was working, you know, was working the law. I was in sort of football administration, you know, sort of industrial relations with the PA. I do understand football. It sort of made sense, you know, to come back and, well, it's in fact, not more than makes sense. It's, it's sort of a privileged, really. I feel quite fortunate yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I feel quite fortunate to, um, to, uh, to, you know, give the opportunity to hopefully, you know, confidently get this club to where it should be and quite selfishly selfishly satisfy that that void mm. that hunger you know, so. I think many fans hope for that too I of mean, course we, they do. we want that yeah. we yeah. try not to jump too ahead of ourselves well that's right thing. and that's we all want it and we want it so bad and a lot of people do we all jump ahead of ourselves of course we do go, oh. we absolutely but, but and that's, the, that's the responsibility of leadership to say yeah. look if we've Here's a realism. if we've got a clear plan mm. Because there's a proven formula. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> we should be given gold medals for actually going against the formula. Because you know, the, the, the system intends you to be provides for you to get better. Mm-hmm. We just haven't been able to do it so on a sustained basis. So if we if we if we plan around that and and allocate you know our resources efficiently and make good decisions, that's all. It's just making bloody good decisions. Mm-hmm. Consistently, both on the field and off. Absolutely, yeah. and then we'll, we'll get better. And uh, but it's about having the courage to hold that course. And uh, and there's no silver bullet. There's no messiah. There's there's a messiah complex here. I reckon at Richmond. Yeah, you know, I reckon. You know, the next person. You know, they throw in the keys. Yeah. Where you go? Just and just mm-hmm. it's, messiah ain't coming. Uh, so it's just. So it's just working together with a bunch of good people, making good decisions, and and we'll see how we go. Well, I thank you very much for your time. No worries. I know you're in your lunch break, so I'll let you go. That's all right. Um, Though some people did want me to ask you about your hair when you played. Yeah, Yeah, I'm embarrassed. What do you think about it? I'm embarrassed. Why? What's wrong with it? (laughs) I don't know. Like a, it was like a perm or something. It wasn't a perm. What was it? What it was, was uh, what, it was, a mullet? No, it wasn't a mullet. It was one length. I dispute that, Luke. Um, it's on the it was one length, but it used to sweat at the top and go flat. Right. And flow at the back, hence the mullet. Right. But, mate, it was the early 90s. It, yep. was, it was Seattle. It was Kurt Cobain. It was Look, for the record, Eddie Vedder. It wasn't me who was saying this. Yeah. It was just... People in general would just yeah. say, you know, make sure you know yeah. about his, his hair. So it's funny. It's, um, it looks stupid. But I thought it was pretty cool. That well, I'm sure there'll be a photo of it in the book. You'd be happy to. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Can I give you a more conservative one or something? <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with the chief, as some people call him. A reminder, you can listen to the podcast several ways. On iTunes, you can subscribe to that. Just go to iTunes for Raw Podcast. On SoundCloud... It's soundcloud.com slash rawpodcast. And if you can, go to tigerlandarchive.org. It's a website that myself and Trevor Ruddle from the MCC Library have created relating to the history of the Richmond Football Club. That's tigerlandarchive.org. Oh, and if you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, make sure you give it a rating as well. And if you can, just drop a comment as well. Until next time, good thanks.